The Adam Crowley Show. I've never felt so alive until now. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. Bottom five here at PNC Park. Pirates trailing the Tigers eight to six. I'll tell you, this team sucks more than Ann Frank, Adam. Back to you. That's all you got for us? <laughs> Wait, what? Also, what? Harry, <laughs> come back to the mic. I'm a little bit confused as to why you think hey, Ann Frank. What? Harry, come back. For What's wrong? Do you think she wasn't a good writer or something? No, that's not what I meant at all. Oh. What did you mean? I think it goes without saying, Brad. So they're going to play a couple of games today, Harry. Uh, what do We're you think playing of- two. Yeah. What do you think about the second one? I don't know. What do you think about the second one? How about- I think it could go either way, Adam. Like Ant- you got to like the Pirates pitching. I don't know. How did that become a thing? I don't know. Stupid Harry. What the hell, Harry? Hi! Any more questions for me? Yeah, back in the day when Dale was uh, referring to you talking for 15 minutes about the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Love that show. Yeah, what is it about the show that you like? That crazy cat. I forget his name. I think it was Whiskers or something or other, but he could talk to Sabrina. It was awesome. No, I talk to cats often, Adam. No, I think you're There's talking about... six that live in the alley behind my house, and they sing me to sleep every night with a beautiful lullaby. Uh, Harry, I- I'm pretty sure you're talking about the teenage witch. Sabrina. I think there was cats in both of those. Hey, have you ever heard the story of the black cat that ran across the old deck circle at Wrigley? I don't know if you have the time, but it's a doozy. Yeah, sure. Tell it to us. This black cat ran across the old deck circle at Wrigley Field. It was awesome. All right. Thanks for your time, Harry. Anytime, anytime. Yeah, I really. Hey, be good. Really oh, appreciate you coming on, Harry. They haven't called me Why? back in a while, and you just keep coming we on. We didn't call you back this time. You keep coming on, and I just want to say we're best friends, man. It's good to have you back. He doesn't want to talk to Step Pat. Wow, really? He's, yeah, just, he's he, really pissed. Step Pat's dead to him. All right, I'm just gonna go take a lap around. Who let Step Pat on the damn? How did he get in the studio? I thought we had him locked in his cage downstairs. Dude, this guy should not be talking on the air. I set up a microphone, a Zephyr, in fact, downstairs. No, I knew you liked Step Pat. Okay, look, he does my taxes. Penguins fans are confident about their team's second round matchup with Washington. I get it. Pens are nine and one all time in playoff series against their foes from our nation's capital. Pens have beat the Caps and route to the Stanley Cup five times. And in each of the last two seasons, the boys a winner beating Washington in the playoffs is a rite of spring. But are the Penguins fans a little too confident? I say yes. I posted a Twitter poll yesterday, and 85% of all people who voted said that the Penguins were going to beat the Capitals. There's a lot of uncertainty around of getting Malkin. We know he's not going to play in Game 1. Man, Penguins fans have amnesia. They're so quick to bitch about Geno not being included in the NHL's top 100 players list. And they were right to do so. But if he's deserving of that distinction, isn't he instrumental in terms of the team's efforts in the postseason? I think so. 
Evgeny Malkin's second-half tear is the reason that these Penguins are able to qualify for the playoffs in the first place. He's deserving of a Hart Trophy nomination. He was the most valuable player on the team this year. Now, Broussard's a hell of a player. This is why you acquired him. He's a great playoff performer, but Malkin's a Conn Smythe winner. The threat of Geno's shot is invaluable on the power play. The Penguins have won the Cup three times in the Crosby and Malkin era, and having great center depth is the biggest reason why they've been able to accomplish that. No team in the league can boast what the Penguins have down the middle when they've got Crosby, Malkin, Broussard, and Shane. But the Capitals can come close. Kuznetsov, Backstrom, and Eller is pretty darn formidable. Now, I won't go so far as to say that any team with Crosby is going to lose that battle at center, but without Malkin, I do think that evens the playing field. With them, I like the Penguins' chances of beating the Capitals for the third straight year and for the 10th time in 11 tries. But without them, I've got Caps in six. What say you? 412-922-2874. Here's where it becomes more interesting, as far as I'm concerned. If you picked the Capitals, or pardon me, the Penguins to beat the Capitals in seven games, then without Malkin, don't you think the Capitals are going to win? If you pick the Penguins in six, don't you think that that pushes it to seven? And in seven, anything can happen. I don't care what the name on the front of the jersey is. I think Penguins fans are out to lunch here. They're just so overconfident because of the team that they're playing. If it was the same players and it was the Rangers on the front, I think Penns fans would be terrified right now, peeing themselves. Certainly not the case. Penguins fans are overconfident. Steelers fans do this kind of thing, too. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell's the best running back in football. And then Bell gets hurt. Yeah, but we got that corner guy. We're going to be okay. You can't have it both ways. You can't bitch about Geno being left off the top 100 list and then complain that he's not getting enough heart trophy recognition and then also say that the Penguins can dismantle the Capitals without him. Sure, they scored eight goals with him out of the lineup against Philadelphia. But spoiler alert, these Capitals are far better than the one team that the Penguins just played. The Capitals, despite getting rid of almost their entire bottom half of the roster, still won the division in the regular season. They're a good hockey team. They're flawed, but they're good. How have the Steelers fared in the playoffs without Lavia? Not good. Lost to Baltimore, Denver, and New England when he was on the shelf. The Penguins didn't have Geno in 2011. They blew a 3-1 series lead. These Pens are deep, but depth is not as important as star power. Crosby and Malkin and Lemieux are the three players who have won the Conn Smythe in franchise history. And there have been players who have performed well in the playoffs, Jordan Stahl, Darius Kasparaitis, Maxime Talbot, that have had big playoff moments. But you win series and you win championships with stars. Think what you want because of the name on the front of the Caps jersey. Pick the Penguins in six games, fine. But I don't think the Pens have more than a puncher's chance if Geno's not going to play in this series. And if Geno plays less than... Three games? I think the Penguins are done. Joe on the road. Next up joins us on the Crowley Show. Hello, Joe. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Not too bad. So, uh, as far as the, the series goes, I think for the Caps to win, they got to come out and they got to punch us hard and quick, and they got to do it in five. Uh, I think if it goes six or seven, I think we win it. I think it's a really and, good point, and it's something that Isabel – just touched on in the last segment. I'm not going to try her last name again. She's great, writes for the Washington Post. She said that 
when it got late in that series last year, the Capitals buttholes puckered, and they gripped the sticks right. too tight. And I think that yeah. if, if they can come out and win, you're right about that. And I think that's why Malkin's injury is such a big deal. Because they can it hop is. out to that early lead, and they can make things a little bit harder on the Penguins uh, by taking advantage of Malkin not being being right. Yeah, as long as we can keep 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 them off the, the you know the penalty power uh, play, I think uh, I think we'll be fine. That's where they're going to be most dangerous. It is, and I appreciate the call. And I think the Penguins are dangerous on their power play too, but not as dangerous without Malkin. Here's the deal. And I think you need to cut that soundbite of him saying power play, because that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. I think the problem here is that the Penguins' depth is what did the Capitals in a couple of years ago. You had the HBK line just torment Washington. Tormented them. It's what won the series. Crosby's line played Ovechkin's line even. And then you had the... It was Burakovsky and Kuznetsov there on the second line, and they played the Malkin line fairly even. Malkin did not have a great postseason two years ago because he was dinged up. The third line's what got the job done against these guys. Last year it was goaltending. While Murray's been great, I still don't think he's capable of stealing the series the way that Marc-Andre Fleury absolutely did steal the series last year. Now, Washington's not as good, but I do think that the way these rosters are constructed and the way the Penguins are when they're healthy... With that third line of Connor Sherry and Broussard and Rust, they really could have taken advantage of Washington. And now, for the first game at least, and probably a little bit longer than that, that's not going to be able to be the case. And it scares me, because I think that the best way to beat Washington is to steal one of these first two in Washington. It's what our caller just said. Washington wants to end this thing quick so they don't have to start thinking. They don't want to be in a position where they're having to win elimination games or game seven. The Capitals, despite getting rid of the bottom half, really, of their roster, they still have pressure on them. And on the NHL Network last night, uh, I saw a couple of analysts saying the contrary. Oh, it's finally the year they don't have it. Finally, the year they don't have that pressure on their back, and that's going to help them tremendously. (sighs) Objectively, the Capitals are a worse hockey club. They finished with less points this year and struggled on the defensive end. I'd rather have the better hockey club and the pressure, but that's not really the point because I think that they've got the pressure on them anyhow. The The outside expectation level might have changed, but on the inside it sure hasn't. Their general manager last year talked about the pressure affecting their way, their ability to get over the hump. Uh, Ovechkin hasn't been out of the second round, nor has Barry Trotz. You know this. That's why the pressure's still on internally. You don't think Ovechkin's going to be gripping the stick tight in a Game 7? You don't think he's going to be gripping the stick tight in Game 6? You don't think he's going to be thinking out there? You don't think Barry Trotz, who doesn't have a contract, isn't going to be thinking and pressing and trying to push different buttons to get past the round that he always seems to falter in? I do. So no matter what I say, no matter what the national media says, no matter what Joe and Blonox has to say, these Capitals internally are feeling the pressure, even if we're not putting it on from the outside. And that's why if you can steal a game in Washington without Evgeny Malkin, win one of those two, man, you make them think even more. Man, you put that pressure right back on their chest. And I realized that in the last series, they were able to come back from a 2-0 series deficit while having to do so on the road. But Columbus, A, 
doesn't have Pittsburgh on the front of their jerseys, and B, they don't have the talent that Pittsburgh has. John Tortorella talked about how well the Capitals defended. Well, the Capitals defended well because they weren't playing a good team like the Pittsburgh Penguins. Columbus is fine. They don't have the upper echelon offensive talent on three lines that can keep rolling the way that Pittsburgh does. So you can say all you want that that team showed something to you in the first round by having their backs against the wall and being able to dig themselves out. I say they've still got the pressure. They ain't learned junk. And if the Penguins can find a way to steal one without Malkin, pressure right back on Washington. Danny Boy tweets, Wait till Pens lose game one. These overconfident Yinzers will change their tone and then blame Latang. That's 100% right. Sports fans in this town are so fragile. They get overconfident when their team wins a series, and the first time that they smell adversity, oh my God, the ship is sinking. Let's launch Latang at the sun. Let's criticize Phil Kessel. We say all year long he's a two time Stanley Cup champion until he doesn't play defense in a game seven, right? That's stupid. It's dumb. It's ridiculous. Penguins are going to lose a couple of games, I think, this series, at least. And then you go from there. Might as well start the thing at 2-2. Coming up next, we talk about that with Tim Benz. Also, we'll talk about sex, I think. It's Crowley Show. Braden tweets, good thing that the podcast will be up tomorrow because I missed the show up to this point. Had no service where I was, hashtag excuses. Braden, you have been replaced by Ed as the uh, lead snowflake, the head of our 700% crew. I'm sorry, but if you're going to miss a show like this, I mean, you're going to have to take a seat back. You're going to have to earn yourself, your spot. See, I think you're being a little hard no, on No, you know what? I'm pissed. He tries to hold me to the year of excellence all the time. Everything I tweet, year of excellence this, year of excellence that. And now he's telling me he hasn't been listening to the show all day? Screw you, Braden. Yeah, the real question is, was he on time the other day listening to the show for the remote? And if he was, then you owe him a mulligan on today's show. Yeah, he tweeted me at that point. I'm sorry, Braden. My bad. Mm-hmm. My bad. Hashtag excuses. In fact, this is not becoming of the year of excellence for me to have crushed you the way I just did. No, it was uh, poor form, Crowley. But it's all right. You can rise from that. You can phoenix yourself right out of that. And be Pull a myself person. from the ashes. Be a better person moving forward. I don't know if I've ever been more excited about a radio show than I am about the show that we're going to have tomorrow. Oh, man. Uh, and really a sports day in general. Four to seven, Crowley show. You know how brilliant we are, Crowley? Mm. Could I take a second to tell you? You can. Take a minute. Take a minute? You want me to take a whole oh, minute? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. We are so brilliant. Let's hijack the show. That every year on a certain day, one thing happens. And and we know it to be the NFL draft. So what we have done tomorrow is we have created a draft day. Only our draft is spelled D-R-A-U-G-H-T. We're drinking beer on the show tomorrow. We figured out a way to do it. And we get to drink in studio. We get to do radio. Two of our favorite things. It's going to be a good damn day. That's good damn day. Hitchhiker Brewing, coming by from 6 o'clock until 7. We'll be drinking and doing radio. Very excited about that. And then 
Following the show, we've got draft coverage all the way through midnight right here on ESPN Pittsburgh. Tim Benz joins us now. Tim, hello. Thanks for coming on. You dink. I was supposed to be on at what time? Six o'clock tomorrow. Yeah. I would have come in for the beer before the draft and before the hockey game. And now I've been moved to 420 the day before. And I don't get free marijuana at 420. However, I would have gotten free beer if I had stayed in my former time slot. What What gives? Tim, I, I like will that place. I've been to Hitchhiker before. They're good. It's tremendous. It's right by my house. I will extend I this to you, Tim. You can still come in at six tomorrow if you'd like to. I might just do that. I'll mark Although you down. I, I am kind of on a thirty-day non-drinking cleanse right now. I, the temptation would probably be too much. This might be personal, but it is the Crowley Show. Did you just get a new girlfriend or something? I mean, that's the only reason why you'd go on a thirty-day cleanse. No, I just felt like I was drinking way too much. I, I looked back at one of the uh, showdowns on uh, Channel 2, and I looked like I had been on a five-day bender, and I had basically had like two drinks the night before, and I said, that's it. It's, it's time to stop. So then I went on that last week. I thought I looked a lot better. What did you think? I don't watch that, Tim. What do you watch? Do you watch the other one on Channel 11? No, at night I watch porn while my wife combs my beard. Uh, is that a fetish thing? I, I bet you there's actually porn of that. There's probably porn of people watching porn while their significant others cuckold their beard. Yeah, it's I very meta, Tim. Exist. It's a meta thing. I can confirm that. There you go. Tim Sometimes Benz. the woman is the one that's bearded. I mean, that gets a little weird. Then you kind of wander into, like, you know, you know, porn from different countries and things of that sort. But not that I'm experienced or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Just in Transylvania, Romania, a little, uh, little comb into the beard out there. Well, wait a minute. Like when they when they did the traveling circuses here in the U.S. back in the day, the bearded woman was always from Turkey, right? Wasn't she always from Turkey? She was. She was kind of yeah. hot. So I guess it was Turkish porn then. And it's weird. Turkey porn is an entirely different kind of porn, and you see it all the time at Thanksgiving, and it usually has to do with stuffing the turkey. But we oh, I thought it had that. to do with gobbling something, but I guess yeah, that's... Yeah, you, you could gobble something, too, yeah. yeah. That's a whole different category right It there. is, uh, 100%. Yeah, actually, a lot of it is actually filmed in Gobbler's Knob, right where the uh, right where the, the groundhog is. Gobbler her knob? I, never mind. Tim, <laughs> Evgeny Malkin, out for at least game one, and I think Penguins fans just see Capitals, and they say, oh, we're going to win this series. But a lot of Penguins fans had been saying prior to this, it's going to be Pens and Six, Pens and Seven. If you think before the series, it's going to be Pens and Seven, and you're not weighing the Evgeny Malkin injury into it, don't you have to say at that point, well, the Penguins aren't going to win this series? Right, exactly. Uh, people adjust their ironclad predictions based on whatever they want to have as the outcome anyway. Like, they'll shift their prediction to meet what they want to see as an end result, and that's why it gets kind of silly when we do predictions and things like that. Uh, I think the Pens will win this series in seven only if Malkin manages to miss fewer than two games. Like, if he misses the first two and Washington, and then comes back and plays the last five, I can still see them winning this in seven. Previously, I had said six. Uh, I don't feel it's, uh, my. I guess my expectations are sort of moving a little bit there, too. But it's not like I expected a sweep if Malkin played. You know what I mean? Like, if Malkin had played all seven, then they still might lose two or three, you know? So I, I think that that potential third game, like they lost one without Sid last year. Remember when he got cross-checked by right. Niskanen? Um, and then they lost one 
well, lost two others with him. So I could see them winning this series if Malkin manages to come back by the time the series shifts back to Pittsburgh, which I believe, based on the rate of releasing the schedule, will be sometime next month. Yeah, we have no freaking worldly idea when the hell that's coming up. But and, and I, it's got it's got to happen soon, Adam, because I just I can't go on more and deal with the people who act like the NHL is there personally being offended, and the NHL is personally out to get them by holding back the schedule because you know. They need a sitter so they can figure out which nights they can go to the big screen. Yeah, I went to Dollar General today to buy some peanut butter because I wanted peanut butter. That's why I did that. And the lady who was checking me out, both literally and figuratively, she said, I can't believe we don't know when the rest of the series is going to be. And I said, don't worry, they'll, right. play, they'll play. Right, because she needs, she needs somebody to cover for her at Dollar General so she can you know, sit outside the big screen and, and figure out whose couch they're going to take from which apartment to put out there that night. They do not cover for other people at Dollar General. It's the same person who's there in perpetuity. I don't know why the hell she cares anyhow. You know, it's sort of like, hey, hey Commissioner Bettman, uh, the girl from Dollar General in the South Hills of Pittsburgh is on the line. Uh, could, you, could you hang up the conference call at NBC? She wants to know when the cap series has started. Tim, it bothers me that Penguins fans bitch and moan that Evgeny Malkin does not make it into the top 100 it makes me mad when Penguins fans bitch and moan and say Evgeny Malkin should be in the Hart Trophy conversation and then act as though he doesn't matter. It's like what you always said when Le'Veon Bell would get hurt. Oh, he's the best running back in football, but they'll be fine without him. Right, and actually it's easier to make that argument for Lev than it is for Geno because then you just suggest that Ben's going to throw the ball more to Antonio Brown. You know, at least I could buy that. Now it's... Uh, more elevated ice time for Derek Broussard and Riley Sheehan, which is a better situation than 99% of the other hockey teams in the world. Uh, the Penguins are blessed in that regard. But, you know, then it's also more ice time for a couple extra forwards that shouldn't be playing right now. Same thing for Haglin. Oh, Haglin's indispensable because of his speed, his forecheck, and his penalty kill. Well, now he's been dispended, and we're still saying, ah, oh, it's just the gaps. You know, we, we, we love to, as I just said, we love to argue what makes ourselves feel better so we feel more confident in our team. Uh, whether or not we're actually confident in our pick. There's a lot of whistling past the graveyard in that context. Ben Z from Breakfast with Ben's joining me here on the Crowley Show, that, of course, on the Trib. Uh, Tim, what do you think the psychological edge really is for the Penguins in this series? How much of one do they have? I think they've got one in terms of the feeling as if the series, if it's close, the other shoe is going to draw. That was palpable in Washington yeah. last year. I was there for that game, and you could sense the impending doom as time went along with the game still scoreless. And then when the Penguins got up, you just felt like, oh, no. If you're, you know, if you're a Caps fan, you could hear it, the murmuring after Pittsburgh scored the first goal, and even the discontent after they played well and didn't score in the first period. I think there is where the psychological edge is for the Penguins. Um, the edge in the other direction if you want to try to make a case for Washington is it's just a cauldron at this point. It's bubbled up so much. It's now or never and we're going to force the action. We've seen the Steelers try to do that against the Patriots and it hasn't worked. Let's hope for the Penguins' sake it's kind of that dynamic on skates. Tim Benz joining me here on the Crowley Show. Yeah, I, I do think it could go both ways and really even with the palpable tension, if you will, in the air last year at the Verizon Center, or whatever the hell they're calling it these days. Ovechkin still hits the stick of Marc-Andre Fleury, and if he doesn't, I'm not so sure the Penguins win that game. 
Right, yeah. It, they've had some – Flurry's made two historic stops on Ovechkin's in Game 7. <laughs> That's how – we talk about domination. It hasn't been domination. The Penguins just keep winning. <laughs> right. It's domination in terms of a series plate, but the individual accomplishments to get that level of domination have been really close. It hasn't been uh, Tom Brady in New England 55, Steelers 30. Right. Or, you know, it, it hasn't been that. Let's not compare the two in that part of the comparison. Like, I'm working on a piece for tomorrow about Ovechkin and the unstoppable power play shot that he's got from the left circle. Now, that's the that's the anomaly here. Is if you go back over the last two years, and frankly, even in the 2009 series where he went off, he only has three power play goals against the Penguins in three series. Oh, jeez. Oh, god, that damn's gonna break. Why'd you have to bring it up? Do not write about that tomorrow. In well, fact, I am writing about it because no. Like, okay, well, let's let's do. It. Why do you think? Why do you think the Penguins have been good at it? Goaltending and luck. Goaltending, and I would also say the lack of a setup. I think the biggest thing for them is preventing Ovechkin from getting set up. Um, I was watching. I can't get over the video of this. Go back. It's, it's really funny. Like, try to do it during a commercial break. I put it out yesterday. It's on the page where Ovechkin, talk, where Ovechkin pulls his Bart Scott and goes, can't wait about playing the Penguins. If you see the power play goal that he scored against Alexander Wenberg, who was playing the top right uh, point of the box for the Blue Jackets. It's so funny. Wenberg is trying to play two positions at once. He's trying to take away the slot. And he looks over his shoulder, literally. I, I think he gets dizzy. Six times he peeks over at Ovechkin. Like, people try to play two positions at once against him. Either you take away the pass in the first place, or you just commit to going out there and have everybody else play four on three. That, that's what I think. And Wenberg got so confused and so stuck uh, you know, Ovechkin just hammered it by him. It, it feels like he's gotten 700 goals against the Penguins on the power play. It's actually only been 18 in his career, postseason and regular season, if you can believe that. But it feels like so much more. I was just talking about that in the last segment, Tim. Every time he touches the puck on the power play, I poop a little. Mm-hmm. I, he's just that scary. And really, even five on five, I get a little nervous. But on the power play, it just seems like he's unstoppable. As for five on five play, uh, I think pe- the Penguins need to match up the Crosby unit with Ovechkin, see if they can uh, slow them down that way. And then I'd probably keep Crystal Tang out there a bunch on them. Yeah, I'd try to do that, too. It's really tough to play the matchup game on it the is. road. And Sullivan doesn't like to do matchups anyway. But I would agree with that premise. Um, you know, this is what I wrote about in the trip when Derek Broussard was first acquired. And we've talked about it on your show on a number of occasions. Uh, splitting the other team's defense. Uh, having three good centermen and now four with Sheehan, two in the mix, that's all well and good. The biggest reason why Sheehan and Broussard are going to show dividends for this team are, are the next two games or however long Gino is out. This is why they got him. We wanted to never see it, but now we're going to see it. Broussard in the playoffs in the second-line center while Malkin or is out, and now we're looking at it. Yeah, I think if you can win one of these two games – on the road in Washington, first of all, I think the pressure would totally be squarely on the backs of Washington if it isn't already. And I think that it makes the trade worth it. If they win one of those games, it makes Ian Cole getting out of here and the Penguins having the bottom pair that they do totally worth it if Broussard's played a role at all in those games. Right, and I think he has found something with that combo around him of Rust and Sheary. I think that line works yes. well together. And I also think... I don't know why it works, but it does. Shea in with Phil Kessel and uh, Haglin on the other wing. 
Haglin, though, is out. That also hurts the PK, by the way, against Ovechkin, too, for the record. But um, I don't know about putting Simone up there as the other winger. No, no, no. I, I would prefer to have Aston Reese, but that's just me. No, I agree with that, too, Tim. Any other matchups that you're looking forward to in this series that, that well, you know, I don't want to do matchups. How about any... Mia Khalifa versus Brooklyn Chase. I don't know who Brooklyn Chase is, but I'm going to Google her during the break. Uh, do it on a non-work computer. I'm going to do it during the break. Uh, Tim, who... He's an adult film star who re- relocated to greater Pittsburgh, uh, the western Pennsylvania area. I'm not sure exactly where she lives, but she met a Pittsburgh guy out in San Diego, I believe was a, you know, an, uh, a military guy in San Diego. And uh, she has become an adopted daughter of Pittsburgh, and we should be very proud. She Tom, does fine work. Are you tying your shoes over there, Tom? What are you doing? What are you looking at? Don't look at me. Don't look at me. What are you doing? No, That's disgusting. Okay, just, all right, turn the lights back off. Oh, I'm I'm seeing pictures. Oh, boy, we should not look at that here on the work computer. Good point. And she's way hotter than Mia Khalifa. Oh, way hotter than Mia Khalifa. Can we use a different analogy than Pittsburgh's daughter, please? <laughs> I was about to make a family joke surrounding uh, Felipe Vasquez or Rivero or whatever we're calling him, but I'm going to stay away from that. You watch Ray Donovan, Tim? Uh, I watched the first two seasons, then I got bored with it. Okay, well, then... Well, crap. Uh, Tim, last thing for you. Who needs, and this is such a cliche question, but I'll ask it anyhow. Who needs to step up in Malkin's absence apart from Bassard? Uh, you, you need a lot of Kessel. I mean, I guess you just need guys to chip in uh, to win one of those first two. Uh, I think Leighton Van Der Esch needs to step up. That's, that's going to be my call. Did you, hear he's Le- got, did you hear he's got a cervical issue? I didn't know that men had cervixes. Uh, d- different kind of. You're on the right track. Just go north a little bit in your anatomy chart. Oh. Yeah. Is that that's, the guy? Been, that's been Kuznetsov's problem over the years in the playoffs against the Penguins, as I recall. <laughs> Is that the guy? Is that who you think the Steelers will be taking? No, I want I want Rashawn Evans, to be honest with you. Okay. But I, I am really fearful that all four guys are going to be gone from the inside linebacking position. And then I think that uh, they are not going to find themselves a pass rusher that is going to be worthy of being taken in that low spot in the first round. I bet you, even though I don't think it makes a lot of sense, I bet you they walk away with a defensive back. I would go one of the four inside linebackers. If those guys aren't there, Geis, if he's on the board, if he's not there, I go with Oliver or Jackson or uh, Reed, uh, one of the defensive backs. Uh, because I don't know. I would prefer they go pass rush, but I don't know who a good pass. Like, there's a couple of like small conference pass rush guys that are going to be maybe there at the end of the second round. But the Steelers wasn't Troy Edwards like the last not? Or no, it was Ben. Wasn't Ben the only non? Who, who's the last non-power five guy they got in the first round besides Ben? Yeah, in the first round, I think you do have to go back unless you want to count Hank Poteet because I would because that's not a major conference school. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah, but he was before, Hank Poteet was like 98. Yeah, but he went to Pitt and I had to get a shot in. That's worthwhile. If you, if you need to take a shot, you need to take a shot. You know, that's right. We're not taking shots tomorrow. We're drinking beer and you're coming. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Appreciate that. See you, buddy. Enjoy the uh, draft broadcast on Friday. Don't say anything controversial, okay? Yes! See. Don't, don't get yourself in trouble. <laughs> no comment. Thanks for coming <laughs> on, buddy. See you. Bye. Great dude. Hot guy, that Tim Benz. So hot. hotter. Who's hotter? I am. No. 
I think on, guys, to, we're on a team. In order to be hotter here. than Ben's, you got to be younger than Ben's. So I, I am, am hotter younger than Ben's. Than ben's. Are you? Yeah. Really? No way. Sure. There's no way you're younger than Ben's. I'm younger than You're like 55. Ben's is an old man. You walk into a room and you flip on standard definition television. I do not do that. At you do all. it. I do not watch standard And definition. if you can't hear somebody say something, you say things like, huh? Eh? Come what? again? You refer to purses as pocketbooks. You're so old. Shut up, man. I'm so much hotter than Ben. You're still bitching about interleague play because <laughs> you were around when it was invented. This automobile will never last. What do you call the toilet? Crapper. Not the commode? You sure? <laughs> no, I don't uh, you sure you don't call it the commode? No, Tim Benz would call it the commode because he's old. Up next, the hottest take of the day. It won't be hotter than Tim, but it'll still be hot. Won't be hotter than me. It's Crowley Show. T-Mobile and Ashoka want to empower the next generation of changemakers with the T-Mobile Changemaker Challenge and are seeking ideas from visionary youth who want to improve their communities. Entries are encouraged from activists age 13 to 23. Ideas can be big or small. As long as they drive positive change, 25 winning teams will receive a trip to the Changemaker Lab workshop at T-Mobile's headquarters, plus new devices and seat funding. Enter before May 31st, 2018. Learn more at T-Mobile.com slash changemaker. No purchase necessary. U.S. Puerto Rico and D.C. Contest runs March 28th through May 31st, 2018. See store for Rules. No, I, I like the way it feels. It's it's like a bumpy tongue. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You can get the f- cat scratch fever, though. Hey, Tom, on a serious note, dude, you got to stop ripping ass in the studio. Oh, my God. This is awful. It smells like is Kim go- Kardashian's foot. Is it coming through the glass? Jim tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. I love Ray Donovan. I know what you're saying about the boxer. Yeah, here's the deal. The boxer sleeps with his sister in Ray Donovan. And I'm not saying that that's happening with Felipe Vasquez Rivero, but I was making a joke about the possibility of that happening with Felipe Vasquez Rivero. Now that we've cleared that up, Jim's a Bruins fan. A uh, Good luck to you tonight, Jim. I could definitely see the Bruins winning that game unless they lose. Uh, I think Toronto's probably going to win, but I could see them losing, too. It's going to come down to whoever scores more goals. I think that's the case. It's time for the hottest take of the day. I want to beat Condoleezza Rice. How's that? For a hottest take of the day. She's a strong, independent black woman who's also a conservative. That's cool. It is. And she gets put on everything. There was a long time she was going to be the commissioner of baseball. You remember that? She was on the college football playoff selection committee. Now she was placed on the commission on college basketball reform. I mean, my God. We, We talk all the time in this country about... Equality, right? And I'd like to see more black people get jobs. So Condoleezza, stop taking them all! I love what the Basketball Commission did do. They are suggesting to the NCAA that they get rid of the one-and-done rule. And they think it'll help the product in college. But I think it's every kid's right. When they become adults, they become men when they're 18 years old, to be able to go play in the NBA. If an NBA team's going to take them, let them go. Let them make their money. 
They talk all the time about, well, the one and done. They need the kids to get an education. One year of a college education is nothing. I went for five years and I still know don't know anything. It was West Virginia. That's true. I know how to chug a beer in under four seconds. I now know... Never mind. Never mind. Careful there, Crowley. Something about mustache ride. Whatever. Don't worry about it. Uh, don't worry about it. Hey, what happened? I'm sure you're very good at it. Yeah. I like that kids come out of high school and get paid for something they're good at. Because the NCAA ain't about that. And that's one thing that bothered me about the reform. They're not paying the players. Not allowing them to utilize their likeness. Pisses me off. Woo! I guess the hottest take is that I wish that Condoleezza Rice wasn't taking jobs from everyone. Woo! Other crap. Rob Gronkowski says that he'll be back. I reported that on the Crowley Show over two weeks ago. Woo! Other crap. Is he still going to run the Kentucky Derby? Woo! Other crap. Did Anybody tell the little guy inside of him who's operating him with controls that he'll be back. Woo! Other crap. Michael Vick is going to be the new offensive coordinator in the AAF League. Okay, here's what you're going to do. If he's not open, run as fast as you can. Woo! That'll be the plays. Other crap. What a doggone good idea. Woo! Other crap. Tonight, Indiana looks to keep pace with LeBron James and the Cavs. Woo! Other crap. You know, in Entourage, they tell you that the Cavs are the boob of the leg. Woo! Other crap. LeBron's overrated. Woo! Other crap. Not Jordan. Woo! Other crap. Nice hairline. Woo! Other crap. I'm surprised Condoleezza Rice wasn't the first African-American male president of the United States. Woo! Other crap. I mean, she can do anything. Woo! Other crap. You know the joke, I'm on you like white on rice? How about I'm on a committee like Condoleezza Rice? Woo! Other crap. That's a great joke! Woo! Other crap. The NCAA is going to end the one and done and ban cheaters, but they will not pay players. Woo! Other crap. Arbitrary morality. Woo! Other crap. Callaway tested positive at the NFL Combine for drugs. Uh, I guess I'll just draft Titleist. Woo! Other crap. It has been 423 days since Pitt basketball's won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star! Tonight's third star of the show, Adam Crowley! Man, Penguins fans have amnesia. They're so quick to bitch about Geno not being included in the NHL's top 100 players list. And they were right to do so. But if he's deserving of that distinction, isn't he instrumental in terms of the team's efforts in the postseason? 
I think so. If Gary Malkin's second half tear is the reason that these Penguins are able to qualify for the playoffs in the first place. Wait, that was a real sports take. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah! Second star! Tonight, second star yeah. of the show, Tim Ben. So uh, is that a fetish thing? I, I bet you there's actually porn of that. There's probably porn of people watching porn while they're significant others cuckold their beard. Tim Sometimes Benz. the woman is the one that's bearded. I mean, that gets a little weird. Then you kind of wander into, like, you know, you know, porn from different countries and things of that sort. But not that I'm experienced or anything. <laughs> first star. And tonight's first star of the show, Chicago Cubs broadcaster, Harry Yeah, back in the day when Dale was uh, referring to you talking for 15 minutes about the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Love that show. Yeah, what is it about the show that you like? That crazy cat. I forget <laughs> his name. I think it was Whiskers or something or other, but he could talk to Sabrina. It was awesome. No, I talk to cats often, Adam. No, I think you're There's talking about... six that live in the alley behind my house, and they sing me to sleep every night with a beautiful lullaby. Uh, Harry, I I'm pretty sure you're talking about the teenage witch. Sabrina. Tomorrow. Yeah. Big <laughs> show. Who let the dogs Big out? show tomorrow. <laughs> it's draft day, which means we're drinking beer from 6 until 7. NFL draft here on ESPN Pittsburgh from 7 until the end of time. We've also got Brian Metzer and Josh Yowie. Pens Caps, game one. Suck on that, bitches. Did I slide way, 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 way too short of second base?